I'm praying that God would crack open the spirit of the next generation and awaken a love for God through His Word. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. I'm uh, Bill Eliff, and uh, I've got my trusty sidekick, Kyle Reno. Come on. And uh, we're really thrilled to be coming to you today. We're we're doing a little different setup if you're watching this by video from two separate locations. And uh, But uh, we're really excited. Kyle's great to see you and excited mm-hmm. about uh, this series that we're beginning today. Yeah, same here, bro. Excited about what God's doing and believing for in the future. And hopefully this is helpful. You know, as we've said all throughout the history of this podcast, is really just to learn together and to believe for the next great move of God in our country. That's right. Well, and I would just, I don't think I need to remind our our listeners because uh, people that tune into this usually are aware of this, but boy, God has been moving uh, in the beginning of, of 2023 in February, of course, the Asbury awakening, 16 days, 24 seven, uh, that literally at the close of that went to millions of people. Uh, there were 1 billion views on TikTok uh, related to Asbury and it just went all over the world and uh, people are everywhere aware. And what that did that's fascinating to me is it raised a level of faith. You know, I've talked to a lot of guys, uh, Kyle, that would say, well, I read about the Welsh revival or the first great awakening, second great awakening, but God, I don't think God does that now. Hmm. And we've just had a fresh reminder. No, it's, it's the same God and he can do the same thing and more. And so coming out of Asbury, uh, there were so many, there were 270 or so colleges, college students that brought groups mm. to Asbury, went back to their colleges, and it just started breaking out on colleges. And also, uh, and, and I know, uh, Kyle, you've experienced this in churches. Hey, we'd like to take a moment and really encourage you to go to the website at onecry.com. And when you go to the website, take some time to navigate there, and you'll find resources that can really help you in your pursuit of revival and spiritual awakening. Some of those things, Bill would never say this, but I can say about him, God has used Bill in a mighty way to write some resources that can really help you. There's the One Cry book that he wrote with Byron that's fantastic and some other books there that you can find. And also there's journeys that'll help give you prompts and practical ways to walk in greater intimacy with God. So I just want to encourage you today, take some time at onecry.com navigate and, and find some ways to help foster your relationship with God through these powerful resources. Go check it out. And and I know, uh, Kyle, you've experienced this in churches. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I, my, I love what God's doing in scope nationally right now and the rumblings and the little fires that are popping up. I love what he did at Asbury. And what I what I believe, though, is that when God sends His work, a fresh wind and fire, that it has to localize. It has to localize, and the way God has intended for that is through the local church. And so seeing that, 
playing out this last spring with these embers popping up everywhere, honestly. Uh, and I, I heard you say this, Bill, and this is really sort of segueing us into the thoughts even for the next few weeks. You know, I believe all that's been preparatory in my spirit. You said this last week to me, and I thought, man, that's so true. I, I, I really believe that some special seasons are coming. And right. even believing that this fall specifically is one of those. And so our thoughts around even what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks is, so what's some markers? Mm-hmm. You know, what's some markers for a real move of God that we can be looking for? Well, it's so, it's so critical. Uh, I've always thought about this, to understand the ways of God. Mm-hmm. You know, David said, Lord, let me, let me know your ways. And the reason mm-hmm. was so I can cooperate with you. I want to go on those ways. I want to walk with you. I don't want to lag behind. I don't want to go off on a separate path. Sure. So we're going to we kind of call on this some markers of movements, yeah. of spiritual movements. We could call it markers of revival or spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. And I know, Kyle, you've been noticing some of these. I've been in different passages of Scripture. Yeah. And and we, we want to talk about this today, uh, particularly to equip people to cooperate with God this fall. And, and, and kind of foundational to all of that is the role the Word of God That's right. plays in a true movement of God. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got a really good buddy who's a triathlon guy. I am not. And, and the reason I'm not is because of the first part of it, which is the swim. <clears throat> and he, he talked about the first triathlon that he got in. And he had practiced and trained. This dude's a stud. I mean, like, he's not scared of anything. Well, he had never swam with another thousand people before. And so he got in the water, and everybody takes off, and it's just pure panic. It's a, it's a war. And he said he got so intimate, he was wanting to quit. And this guy has never been a guy that quits anything. And in that moment, he decided to look up, and he found one marker buoy. And he said, if I can just make it to that marker buoy, then maybe I can find the next one. And so he swam the whole one point whatever, three miles, going from marker buoy to marker buoy. And then ultimately did great, got out of the water, did the bike, did the run. Well, he's learned that method now. Well, I say that to say, as we're talking about this markers of movements, there's some markers to believe for, to, to live toward. And there's one of these moments in Second Chronicles uh, chapter 34, verses 14 through 28. I'd encourage you, go read it for yourself, Second Chronicles 34, 14 through 28, because I'm going to skim for the sake of time here. But there's this moment, Josiah's king, uh, the, the nation's in need. They've been in turbulent times, uh, but God's restorative work has begun. And Hilkiah the priest, it says, th- these words, some, just a few sentences, I want to share and then believe with you for Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that was written by Moses. I want to say that again. Think about this statement. Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that was written by Moses, which means it was missing, that God's word had lost its place among God's people. Now, they were saying that. That's a literal, like literally they had lost God's Word. They did not see the Scriptures anymore physically, reading from scrolls, all those things. And this one priest finds it, goes back, says, Hilkiah said to the court secretary, I have found the book of the law 
in the Lord's temple. I have found God's word in God's house. Here, here's a marker, I believe, for the move of God that's ahead of us, is that God's people find God's word again, that God's people find God's word again. And I think for us, we don't have the danger of losing God's word uh, physically because most Americans have the Bible somewhere. But I do think we have the danger of losing it spiritually, of losing the intent of, of God's word, what God has always intended the scripture to be for the souls of men and women. And, and, a, and a real move of God has to be based out of God's word. If not, it, it will become religion or it will become real wildfire. And that the scripture gives us this core basis of belief and relationship with God. And so here, here's just heart to heart. I don't think that most of us have a Bible somewhere in our house, maybe in our back seat. You got it on an app on your phone. You can find it anywhere. But has familiarity bred some loss of reverence? When I look into the eyes of the next generation, and I'm believing big. Man, I'm believing big. I'm going to preach this message, actually, to 200 uh, high school, middle school students real soon. And let me tell you what I'm praying, that God would crack open the spirit of the next generation and awaken a love for God through His Word, through His Word. Man, that they would breathe, that all Scripture has been breathed out by God, that they start breathing it in again, that God would revive and awaken a generation that fall in love with Him through His Word, that that know, as you said earlier, Bill, that would know the ways of God because they, they have a hold of the Word of God, that they would, they would know what to look for in life. They would know truth because it's tangible to Him. It's right there. It's right there. That they wouldn't be easily deceived because they've got revelation. God has revealed himself to them. And he goes through that passage of Scripture. He tells them that, verse 19. I'm skipping down a little bit just because I want to give us the synopsis. So here's the priest, finds God's word in God's house. And it says in verse 19, When the king heard what was written in the law, he tore his clothes in despair. Then he orders several people, go to the temple Seek the Lord, speak to him, find out what condition basically we're in. I love I love King Josiah's response. When he hears the scripture, he knows they're in trouble. When he when the word of God turns the light on, he realizes, man, the state of of, of our nation is in is in despair. Like we're in a bad spot. <laughs> and here's what I'm believing for that God's word would have such authority again in the lives of his church, because judgment begins with the house of God, but also in our culture, that when the word of God is revealed, when it's even read, when it's brought, that it would bring such clarity to our chaos. It would show us, man, like, no, 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 no. That's not what God designed. That's not what God intended. That's not in God's heart. And it, it would bring about course correction in a supernatural way. And so Josiah feels first what he hopes everyone else will feel. He feels first like, man, in light of the revelation of God through his word, we have to repent. In light of the revelation of God's word, we are so off course. 
<laughs> like we are, we are, we our bearings are all messed up. We don't, we don't have markers. We don't have, we don't have clarity from one step to the next. And what I love about Josiah in in this moment, immediately he he sends the priest to go to seek the Lord and say, Lord, like in light of what I've just heard, where are we at with you? What's our relationship like with? You, because God's word has a way of giving us a real witness to where we are. So he goes back, and sure enough, God sends a report back. Uh, actually, uses a prophet named Huldah, verse twenty-three. She said to them, "The Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken. Go back and tell the man who sent you. This is what the Lord says: I'm going to bring disaster on this city and its people. All the curses written in the scroll that was read." To the king of Judah will come true, for my people have abandoned me and offered sacrifices to pagan gods, and I am very angry with them for everything they've done. My anger will be poured out on this place, and it will not be quenched. But, verse 26, good news, but go to the king of Judah, who sent you to seek the Lord. That's awesome now. One man had sent this priest, and now prophet gets involved and discerns what the Lord's saying who sent you to seek the Lord and tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the message that you've just heard. You were sorry, verse 27, and humbled yourself before God. When you heard his words against the city and its people, you humbled yourself, you tore your clothing in despair, and you wept before me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster until after you've died and been buried in peace. You yourself will not see the disaster I'm going to bring on this city and this people. Don't you think about this? One man who's in a seat of authority sits under the authority of God's word in one reading, and then he sends one priest to go and discern what God's what's God's view of our state. One prophet, Huldah, gets a word from the Lord saying, yeah, the state of God's people is in bad shape. But because this one man humbled himself in light of God's word. God said, you know what? But I'm going to spare a generation. I'm going to spare a generation from pending judgment. And then Josiah's response to this is fantastic. Verse 29 says, The king summoned all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the temple of the Lord with all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, along with the priests and the Levites and all the people from the greatest to the least. There the king read to them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. The, the king took his place of authority beside the pillar and renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence. He pledged to obey the Lord by keeping all his commands, laws, and decrees with all of his heart and soul. He promised to obey all the terms of the covenant that were written in the scroll, and he required everyone in Jerusalem and the people of Benjamin to make a similar pledge. The people of Jerusalem did so, renewing their covenant with God, the God of their ancestors. So this one moment, the king summons all the elders, all the leaders, all the people of Judah and Jerusalem into the temple of the Lord, and he himself reads the entirety of the scripture to them. And he personally, in his seat of authority, renews his covenant, his commitment to obey to the best of his ability the truths of it, and then calls the people to as well. So here, here's a marker. And then Bill and I will talk about it a little bit. Could you imagine what it would look like for God to so restore the centrality of his word to his people 
that we would lift up the Scripture to see God through. And, and, and then looking through the lens of Scripture to have our relationship so restored that what God's view of us would be our view of us. And then where God says repentance is needed, repentance would happen. Or where, God, where God says course corrections needed, it would happen. And that he would renew, listen, we would renew our covenant with him, our desire to follow him. Specifically, specifically, and this is what I'd ask, and I know our one cry listeners won't, that we would want this for future generations. When I look into the eyes, and my, my, I got a laser focus right now in my spirit because I believe God's raising up a revival generation, another Jesus movement generation. But that there would be something that God, you would look and you'd see teenagers walking around with God's Word again. You'd see them, like, when the question comes up in life, like, well, what's the right, what's right or wrong, or what, that they would look to God's Word again. And that God's Word would have the weight that it was always intended to have, and it would have the right place in their hearts and in the spirit of the church. So if we're looking for a real move of God, and this is why we're starting here. If we're looking for a marker, an anchor point in a real revival and awakening, God's Word will have its rightful place. Have its rightful place. I know you've seen that in Scripture everywhere, Bill. Well, it's so such a... I love that we're starting right here hmm. on this new series of markers of movements. Richard on Roberts, probably the greatest authority in our nation on revival and awakening... Uh, I heard him preach one time about word-centered revivals. And, and what he said was, you know, there's, there's always experience. Mm-hmm. But if it's just an experiential revival that, uh, that is not founded in, saturated by the Word of God, then uh, the potential of going off into error mm-hmm. uh, is, is far greater so uh, th- this is the key. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is if we were just, if everybody in every church was listening to the Lord through his word and right. following him, we would be living in a revived state. That's right. right. And so, uh, Kyle, for the average mm-hmm. guy out there, and particularly for pastors and youth pastors, college yeah. guys that are listening uh, today, what does this say to us as leaders that we've got to do in preparation for the movement right. of God and um, and in cooperation when God begins to stir among yeah. us? Yeah. How do we help that be? Yeah. We be centered yeah. on the Word. <clears throat> yeah, I'm looking at it and thinking because I am. I'm, I'm I'm living in this text in one way. There's there's about three sermons I didn't preach on this podcast that I got in my heart. But one, I think it, it, you got to bring it down to the simplest form and, and honestly, the foundational belief. Do I believe that this is God's Word? Mm-hmm. Do, I, do, I, do, do our people, do yeah. I believe that this is God's voice? Yeah. Like that this is God speaking to me right now today. Like this yeah. is God, that we've been, the, the best thing you got out of this podcast so far is not when I was talking, it was when I was reading Scripture. You know, that he was, God is showing us something he's revealing. And if I, do, if I believe it, here, and here's the great disconnect <clears throat> a lot of times. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know, I believe the Word. I believe God's Word. Okay. Then will we live it? Will right. we live it? And I, I think that there's this beautiful place that where God's Word has the, uh, the right authority in my life. I know it's the voice of God. 
but it, it, it's also our, our navigation system for life. Yeah. And that people, people, we read the Bible to obey, that we read yeah. by God's power, by the whole, by the, hey, the, the scripture itself is going to tell us, man, you just can't do it on your own. You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, the scripture is going to help us actually to fulfill what it's calling us to. But, but are we ready? Are we in the posture of obedience? Yeah. And so, you know, you're ta- you're, you hit on some very practical things for us. Number one, we read the Bible. Right, <laughs> you said right. two or four times. We read yeah. the Bible. Most people don't read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And if somebody asked me, Bill, after 72 years of living, right. uh, what's the most important thing for you? It's meeting with a God, God every morning in His Word mm-hmm. and in prayer. That's yeah. it. And, and the cumulative effect of that over the years is astounding. Right. Uh, so so you got to just read the Word so that when God's wind really begins to blow, yeah. uh, you, you've got this foundation of knowledge and understanding and His ways and all of that that you, you know how God is operating and you can walk with Him. And we've got to preach the Word, right? right. I mean, a lot of guys... Uh, sadly, preach about the word, or they take a little text, and then it's thirty minutes of their thoughts and opinions. No, we've we've really got to exegete the scripture and yeah. say what God is saying, yeah. and let God speak. I have a little I have a little uh, piece of paper on my desk that I've had there for probably forty years that says, "God, what do you want to say to the people today?" Right. Right. In other words, it's not it's not me coming up with a nice story or a thought or a cool illustration. Mm. It's what are you saying to us through the word and how do you want to apply that to our lives? Mm. And I I think that practice Mm. of personally and in the church, just pouring, pouring, pouring the scripture into our life and the lives of our people. And also when a revival happens, because revivals are Wild. I mean, they're they're extraordinary. That's yeah. why we call them that. You know, <laughs> an awakening. Yeah. You have to that you have to test it. You know, yeah. the Bible says, "Don't quench the spirit, don't yeah. despise when God is speaking, but examine everything carefully, throw out the bad, and hold on to the good." So, in times of of spiritual awakening that I believe we are seeing and we are entering into now in our nation mm-hmm. and hopefully around the world, uh, boy, it needs to be tethered to the Word of God. Yeah, and, and, and it's okay to evaluate something that's happening and saying, well, I don't know if that really mm-hmm. uh, passes the test of Scripture, but we better be careful that we're mm-hmm. not just saying that, but it's, mm-hmm. it's really true. Um, mm-hmm. I think the beauty, Bill, even what you're saying, the beauty of a real move of God, that if tested— through the authority of God's Word, if looked at, whatever's happening in the context, in a church, in the life of an individual, all those things, it might not be the same thing in some place in Scripture, but it will be similar. Yeah. You know, like there's there's similar movements. And I think, honestly, you, you know, there's always the ditches that you get into with religion and legalism and then get, get, get crazy town, all those things. But if we would just hold up the Bible— Hold up the yeah. Bible and look through it and say, let me tell you what the scripture will always do. It'll all, it, will, it will always anchor us. 
but it will always call us to more. Yeah. It'll it'll always call us to more because you can't read the the New Testament and think, oh wow, we're missing something. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you read the new, like there's so much more to who God is. There's so much more to the advancement right. of of his kingdom and it will keep us. I, I told a group of interns we have that are learning how to preach and teach uh, the other day. And I wish I could and by God's grace you learn things. Twenty one years of preaching now. I told them, I said, I'm going to tell you something I wish I would have known earlier. Just get to the Scripture as quick as you yeah. can in the sermon. Just get yeah. there. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I'm good. I'm great with setups. I'm great with, I mean, I, there's there's beauty. There's art to preaching and all those things. But, man, there's just something. Just get into the Word as quick yeah. as you can because there's nothing that has weight like that. You know, uh, one illustration, and then and then I want us to pray together, is, I've done a lot of counseling in my life, uh, you know, with couples and individuals. And sometimes I'll get in a session and man, they're just telling their whole story. And I'm, I'm just thinking, God, I, I, I got nothing. I, I don't know what they so convoluted. Yeah. And invariably in those moments, I I've learned to pray mm-hmm. and say, Lord, what do you want? What do you want to say? And, Kyle, I, I bet God has done this 3,000 times if he's done yeah. it once with me. A scripture will come to my mind. Sure. And I will just po- stop them for a minute and say, well, let me, just, let me just mention this to you. And I will quote or read that scripture. Yeah. And it is like God has walked into the room. Mm-hmm. And they'll begin to weep, and it will open mm-hmm. up a whole line of, of discussion and understanding that we needed. It's just the innate power of God's Word. It's like mm-hmm. what happened here in the story you read today. Mm-hmm. When they read the power, the, the Word of God, conviction came, yeah. understanding came, repentance came, revival came. And uh, we need to have the confidence that God's word will do exactly that. Why don't we take a minute and just pray this in? And as always, uh, for you who are listening, we want you to not just listen as we pray. We want you to pray with us. Okay. So, Kyle, why don't you begin and let's yeah. let's just ask God in this coming movement to make it a word-centered movement yeah. for His glory. Yeah. yeah, let's pray together. Father, uh, even now, I don't want to just idly throw words into the sky. I am asking in the name, in the powerful name of Jesus, would you make us again a people of your word, mm-hmm. a people of your word, or that love you, Jesus, through your word, that see you through your word, that get to know our God through the word you gave us, and that it would turn the light on. It would turn us upside down, God. It would, it would change us and transform us. And so I'm praying in our nation, God, in the move of God that is here and is coming, I am asking that, Lord, that your word uh, would be rightly revered and that we would take hold of it again. And, and, Lord, I'm praying for coming generations. I think about Bill and other great men and women of God I know that have walked with you a long time that when you're around them, uh, the Bible just comes out of them. I'm asking for future generations. Yes, God. Lord, that God, your word would be so pressed down into them. Yes. That it would come out of them. 
It yes. would come out of them everywhere in every context, Lord. So we're believing for that. Yes. And Father, uh, Lord, this gets down to as simple a thing as getting out of bed in the middle of the night when the Lord wakes you up and reading your word. And Lord, help us to realize it's not just to read a book. Lord, it's to encounter you. You are your word just as much as my words are me. Hmm. And, and so, Lord, we're coming to listen to you, to encounter you. Hmm. And I pray that you would save us from the killing letter of, hmm. the, of the law, Lord, but, hmm. and that we would see you, as one poet said, in every precept, prophecy, and sign, hmm. till all our vision filled with thee, your likeness would reflect in me. And uh, Lord, just take us there. And we pray for this coming movement, Lord, that you would protect us. That we know the enemy would love to divert us away from the truth. And so we pray, Father, for just the protection of your word uh, in the coming movement of God here in our own churches, our own lives, and our own mm -hmm. nation. And we pray that, Father, so that everybody would see that this is not some man's idea or thoughts or words. It is what God has said and what God is doing. We ask that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>